welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and TuneIn Radio. We are on location for this episode of NHTE at the 2018 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California, specifically at the Tascam booth. My thanks to Tascam for having us out here two years in a row to bring you episodes of NHTE on location. And I'm excited about my guest today. And it's really, I, this is one of these times when I wish it was a video podcast because <laughs> even though you can hear music in the background, like just kind of the din of the show, there's no actual music playing. But the whole time I'm doing the intro, she's sitting here kind of swaying. And I'm like, where's the music coming from? Where, what is she listening to? She, nobody wants to listen to my voice. So oh, I'm going to let her talk. You, my guest is Mean Mary. <laughs> Hey, Bruce. Great to be here. You have a very musical voice, so I was just, you know, I was just bebopping to that. <laughs> Born and raised in Alabama and North Florida and now living in Nashville. Yes. Yes, I do. It's a great little city. And uh, <laughs> this takes me all the way back to, you know, there's certain episodes of this show that stand out for different reasons. And I'll never forget episode 72 because the guest was Nelson Montana and he plays 11 different instruments. And guess what, listeners? Me and Mary, 11 different instruments. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Guitar, fiddle, banjo, and I won't, I'll just stop there. Eight others. <laughs> Those are my main three. Anyway, I tour with the guitar, banjo, and fiddle on the road, so. Okay, yeah. okay. And uh, gosh, talk about touring. I'm going to tell you, listeners, in a few minutes, uh, the number of shows that she's done, or, or I'll try to get in the ballpark. But first, um, let's just have you talk about the song of yours that we were just playing called Blazing. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's off the new album, and that's a, a banjo instrumental that uh, that I wrote. That's my brother on guitar there, and uh, you know it had to be a nice, fast, you know, driving bluegrass song for the title track of the of the new album. So we're going to be uh, actually shooting a video, a music video for that here shortly. So and where will that be shot? Uh, we'll shoot that in Nashville. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but just talk about. I'm always fascinated when I have a guest on that is writing an instrumental as opposed to writing lyrics because obviously there has to be music written to a song but you're telling a story in an entirely different way when in a you different can't way do yeah lyrics um, well this is this is this newest album is is different too because um, my mom and I we co-write books um, we're authors and uh, we have a few mystery novels out there we had a new mystery novel coming out and I decided let's do a soundtrack to the book so all the songs were kind of written with that in mind. It's like different parts of the book. This is the, the soundtrack. So this is, you know, a exciting part of the novel that had to have, you know, this, this uh, intense instrumental with it. So that's kind of the inspiration for that. But I, I love writing instrumentals because even when I write lyrics, I usually have a tune in my head for it. So I'm very, very big on melody on that stuff. So. Okay. Well, uh, listeners, as I started to say... To say that Mean Mary is a seasoned performer is putting it mildly. Headliner of over 4,000 festivals and concerts. <laughs> gosh. I, I, I started really young. So I was, uh, I was just barely five when I started playing. And I was actually touring professional, uh, professionally when I was six. So I've had a little time to, uh, to do a few things. You've probably put uh, lots of miles on the car. You probably <laughs> made sure to renew your AAA membership every year oh, and goodness. probably lots of frequent flyer miles, too. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Definitely. Mean Mary, listeners, if you're just being introduced to her for the first time, she's known internationally for her lightning fast fingers. I like this description haunting vocals mm. uh, and <laughs> your intricate story songs. It's funny because last year when we were here at the NAM show, one of the guests that I interviewed for NHTE uh, was a two folks that are called the Phantasmic Ghost Hunters. Oh, okay. And your style, it's unusual subject matters. And, and one of the things that's mentioned <laughs> is anything from ghost pirates. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's the Phantasmic <laughs> Ghost Hunter. Demon guitars. Just talk about that because it's, it's kind of refreshing, though, because, you know, certainly it's challenging to write songs about things that haven't already been written about before. So you're really venturing out. Uh, yeah, I, I love stories. Um, and so uh, I guess, in, and I love movies. And so every song is kind of like a little movie in my head. And so all these topics. And, and I, I've never been somebody that's kind of been held to like a genre of music. And, you know, we use that term Americana for music because it kind of encompasses all of, of roots music. But I also love rock and stuff. So I don't know. I don't think there's enough story songs anymore. So I love writing about just weird subjects and things that just, you know, inspire me or come, especially things a little dark. It's always fun. So. I like that expression, story songs. It conjures up images of a good seven, eight, nine-minute song. And, and other people would say, well, you can tell a story in a, in a three-and-a-half-minute song. But I, I think you're saying yeah. it's more about a long narrative. <laughs> it is. And I do like I do have some longer songs. And you can tell a story in, in shorter ones as well. But it's nice sometimes just having that freedom to have the time, you know, six or seven minutes to tell it. Because, you know... Sure, baby, I love you is is a subject and a story, but you know you hear it thirty times in a song, and then it's over. You know that's a lot of pop music <laughs> does sometimes. So I like to get a little more delved into details, and you know where people are like, you know what was that part? What happened there? You know where they're asking you questions about what you sang about and the people that you were talking about, where they want to know more, like you know about the story even from the, than you sing about. Dominic Pages has been a guest twice on this show and uh he calls a song a four minute movie for the blind because you really do need to paint a picture <laughs> that's an excellent way to, and, to and look I at like, it i like the the way that the direction that you take it to speaking of direction wow a very nomadic yeah. childhood you moved <laughs> to northern minnesota i mentioned already you were born and raised in alabama and, and north florida and now you yep. live in nashville you moved to northern minnesota and this is like the textbook case of roughing it <laughs> <laughs> in terms of where and how you lived. Yeah, I had a very interesting childhood. Um, my uh, my parents wanted to do the whole adventure thing, so um, they packed us up, uh, six kids, I was the youngest of six, and we, we moved to uh, northern Minnesota. Couldn't just be Minnesota, it had to be northern Minnesota, <laughs> up you know up near the border. Uh, Hold on, it's not yeah. close enough, or it's not cold <laughs> enough, let's go further north. Oh yeah, colder. they wanted it to be super cold, they were looking forward to snow, you know, because we were in Florida, so... Yeah, and we built a log cabin from scratch. You know, we, we lived in a Viz Queen tent, and uh, while we built the log cabin, no electricity, uh, no you know, no heat. It was all very, like I always say, Swiss Family Robinson kind of adventure. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess you could say that that if I don't write story songs, then there must be something wrong. Yeah, with I was just going to say, growing up in that type of environment, yeah. you better either be a writer or a songwriter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I enjoyed it. It was fun. I had a lot of adventures growing up. So even beyond the music, because I had these very, you know, gypsy. And we, I, I still, you know, I co-write with my mom. And so, you know, I get a little of her. And we, we write songs, too. But because I had that, that childhood, even before the music, I, I've just had such a wide variety of, of things to draw from. 
I don't remember. There was a guest that I spoke to one time where I said, you know, eventually, though, you kind of have to move on to a different subject. You know, you can only write about your childhood and all those experiences. It's great for a lot of content early yeah, on, but eventually uh-huh. you say, well, I need to come up with something else. Exactly. But I think just having experiences opens your mind more. And then if you can write about something that maybe you haven't done, but you can relate to it because you've done something similar, like you felt that pain or you've, you climbed that mountain or you did that, you know, you can kind of, so obviously I don't normally, you know, see ghost pirates, but I can, (laughs) you know, I can kind of draw from other things and get a feel. So yeah. Maybe if you sat with the phantasmic ghost hunters and got some influence. I might, I might. I'll have to look them up. Well, this one here, I don't, I, I don't want to say I'm going to challenge you on this, but by the end of second grade, you were homeschooled, so you could practice seven hours a day. I, I, I feel like, mind you, I'm not going to reveal your age, but let's admit it, you're not 21. I feel like back then, who ever heard of homeschooling back then? And lo and behold, here you were getting homeschooled because the big emphasis was the, being put the, on your music. The music, yeah. Um, it, it was great. You know, I really enjoyed I Like my mom always says, you know, she, I never was forced to practice. It wasn't like I had to practice. It's like I wanted to get to get better in all this, and I kept wanting to add instruments. So it was like the guitar and singing, and then I wanted to play fiddle, and obviously there's not enough time in the day. And uh, even as a kid, I was like when I was at school, I'm, I'm like, because when you're kind of in like elementary school, at least for me, it was kind of like you sitting around waiting for the other kids to finish their homework while you got to sit there on your desk. And, and then we go to recess. And I was very serious back then. And so I was like, I want to be doing something else with my time than just wasting time waiting on, you know, the activities of the school. So it worked out really good. The Florida homeschool system was really great. And they gave me books. So like I'd be on a, waiting to go on a TV show and I'd be there doing my homework ah. and stuff and then I go on so <laughs> <laughs> so at least I can count to count to four you know <laughs> <laughs> listeners at only nine years old mean Mary aced a state required test at a 12th grade equivalency level so I guess that does speak to the Florida homeschooling <laughs> yeah well, I you know I come from a, a good background of, of intelligent people all my siblings and stuff and and uh, I'm the only one that was I guess was not as intelligent because I chose to be a musician, but <laughs> nonetheless, so <laughs> so it was good. Yeah, we never they never um, sacrificed um, you know education as a you know the music and education went hand in hand. So two so weeks ago on episode two ten of now here this entertainment, I talked to Joey DeFrancesco, who's uh, in the Philadelphia area, but tours all over the place, and he talked about how he finally had to cut down because. He was doing 200 nights a year, Ooh. and he said, "Granted, I might have cut it down to 160. It's not like I, you know, cut it in half or more than that. But, you know, the the spirit in which we were having that conversation is that for the young people who are starting out that are trying to build up their music career, they hear a number like that and they say, oh, I'd love to be. What is he cutting down for? I'd love to be playing 200 or more a year.' Right. And you, you got to a point where." Um, you and your brother Frank, you started a, a tour of historic folk and Civil War era music, and and soon became one of the most sought after historical folk groups in the country. Yeah. And you were booked every weekend and had to turn down. Turn get, of yeah, shows a year. yeah, because you get a lot of the same. You already booked the weekend, and you get like you'd have like three other people on call on that same weekend. One and so yeah, you know, it was obviously was a niche uh, genre, the the historic thing. It was very in demand, but yeah, we. Uh, and uh, we loved doing it. It was a great experience um, doing that kind of music. But why was it only on the weekends? 
Because um, it was mostly event festivals that ah, we did. Okay. We'd always do, you know, growing up as kids, we'd do these festivals and uh, Civil War era-related events, sometimes old-time dances. I used to teach all the, like, the Virginia Reel and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it was it a was great experience, especially the music was really cool. And I think um, a lot of those old tunes, like, written 1800s and before, they're very... They're very beautiful. I mean, you, you couldn't, you know, nowadays I, I think we, uh, we don't get as intricate sometimes with the music as they did back then, you know, on some of those beautiful songs. So I was glad to play that kind of music. But it was just once you've, you can, you only have so much of a repertoire and you've learned, you know, like all the songs from the 1800s and you can't really do anything new. So uh, going into original music was definitely more fulfilling that way after doing that for but years. But it reminds me of last week on the show, I talked to Muriel Anderson and asked her, do you feel some sense of responsibility to the harp guitar to really try to carry the torch for it? Did you feel any sort of responsibility to history and to music history and, and, and these specific ears that you're talking about that it's hard to just put it down and say, well, you know, it's kind of run its course. Because um, I know that it's a business at it, the end it, of the it day. It is. It is. It is for sure. But also creatively, it was like I needed to do my own stuff. But, you know, I still, I like one of the, uh, a violin tune that I play on my show all the time was written in the 1600s. And wow. I, I'll, I'll play that for people. And it's like a song that no one's ever heard of because we found it. Um, the uh, Country Music Hall of Fame, they let us go through their sheet music, like in their basement, the archive. And uh, we were always looking for waltzes, and we found this old sheet music called Flowers of the Dell. And uh, it was just a beautiful song. So, you know, I'll tell people that, and I'll play that for them. And, and still, so I still incorporate, you know, some of the old fiddle tunes and things into my show. And like I said, I think some of that history has influenced how I even write today. You know, if maybe if I didn't do 1800s music, I wouldn't write about ghost pirates and, and demon guitars go. and stuff so so i think so how does one get permission to go through the country music hall of fame sheet music i mean you also uh we're not going to go through all the places that that you've <laughs> appeared but you appeared at the elvis presley museum too. yeah and places like that well i'm go, just that special what can i say no <laughs> well is it the unique element of your music i, I think so i think definitely you know they were more than welcome welcoming to at the time for us to to research that you know I, maybe there's just not that many people that are really interested in in learning more about that kind of stuff so uh they were more welcoming to uh you know to have us come in and find you know find these old tunes well because i'm thinking of you know it's a teaching moment for anyone who's listening who's an up-and-comer that you know in in the world of podcasting they talk about you know if you have a real niche podcast there's a chance that you could really latch on to a massive audience that's not being served and in this case Obviously, someone's not going to change their entire genre of what they're doing in music. But if you do have a specific niche, it may open some of these it doors does, for you. It does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the, we um, we were starting when we were kids. I was doing country music. And so this, the uh, the historic and the Civil War era music just kind of happened because we were asked to do a... Uh, my brother and I were asked to play a country music sh uh, show that was also like a festival where people were dressed up doing historic, you know, reenacting and stuff. And uh, we just really, you know loved the the role playing and the history involved and so we started and that's how it just all began and then we were like so in demand we were doing it all the time and uh so i wouldn't trade that that time period you know of, of doing those kind of shows for anything it was a very interesting it was when i was a teenager for about gosh four or five years that we did that so but yet you're telling this story with this smile on your face that tells me that you enjoy it just as much today as you did then <laughs> yeah i i i mean i love what i'm doing now too so yeah i i keep Things change as time goes by, and I think you keep adding to it. So, you know, we still, I will still play like a historical show. What was fun about it back then was that we got to bring our horses sometimes because we do like parades. 
and I'd bring my horse and we'd, we'd do like the old timey music and I'd have the, you know, the guitar or whatever and I, I held the reins in the one hand and we'd, we'd play music. So I don't get to bring the horses, obviously, to, <laughs> to other shows now. <laughs> so I kind of miss that, but, but no, it's good. It's been good. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, there's this expression that I keep hearing people use that, to me, can almost take on a negative connotation, and I would recommend you not fall into this trap. When someone is in a conversation, or particularly being interviewed, they mention someone's name, and then they say, if you don't know who he is, look him up. Why? As a spinoff on the Jim Gaffigan line, don't give me an errand, you're talking to me right now. Why not be helpful and educate the interviewer and the audience with just a few lines about who the person that you mentioned is and why you should know them? It borders on being closed off and keeping things to yourself and possibly even name dropping if you just dismissively say, look him up. Have more to offer so you'll instead sound like a giver. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. How about that? Helpful? There are a whole bunch of tips just like that over all the prior episodes of this show. To make it easy for the listeners out there who are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers to get the tips in one concise format, there is a Bruce's Bonus Book Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3 for purchase in ebook format, giving you all the tips from episodes 1 to 40, 41 to 80, and 81 to 120, respectively. Just go to www.brucesbonusbook.com for online ordering and instant delivery. Listeners, we are live on location at the Tascam booth at the 2018 Winter NAM Show in Anaheim, California. My guest, you can check her out at meanmary.com, and she is very much on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Keep up with her online so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live and obviously do purchase her music. And I want to move into now, boy, I, I guess uh, <laughs> you're probably tired of, of answering this, but I don't think a, a Mean Mary interview would be complete without you <laughs> telling the listeners. And, and mind you, I say this for the benefit of those who are being introduced to you for the first time because we've been blessed to get listeners to this show from 132 countries around the world. So there's some people, thank you very much, who would listen because you're a regular to this show, and I appreciate that. Uh, but for the benefit of them, talk about this bad car accident and um, where all that went. Um, yeah. For a second, I thought you were going to ask me, how'd you get the name Mean Mary? Because I always <laughs> get that one, too. No, I, I um, um, uh, gosh, um, it's, it's been a few years now, but I was in a auto, uh, auto accident. I was a passenger in it, and um, it was raining, and uh, he lost control. And I, what happened was I, I broke the, um, um, well, my head hit the windshield, and I, I hit my throat on the visor thing there and it paralyzed well at the time I didn't know what had happened I just you know when I woke up I I couldn't talk I could just whisper and you know I was really nervous about that because I'm a singer and you know the first thing you know I'm trying to talk well, um, never mind the 11 instruments yeah. I play you said this is my <laughs> instrument that I think it I was, just... exactly it's something that you kind of take for granted too you know and and then not being able to I could have just whisper and um, they found out that I that one of the vocal cords was paralyzed and they weren't sure I was ever going to uh, it was ever going to move again and, um, you know, a lot of 
uh, prayer and a lot of uh, uh, hope went on through about the next six months. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate the fact that I was a musician, that I could play, I could still play music. That I wasn't just somebody who came and, and sang on a microphone and, you know, that was it for me. Um, so I could really appreciate that I played guitar and mansion. I put all this work into it. Um, but still, you know, you listen to other people singing and it's like, man, I, I could do that. I could hit those notes. And I could only hit like, you know, like one or two notes, you know, max. But um, six months, I went back to the doctor. I was getting a little better. And he's like, you know, it was a miracle. I had, I had movement again in that vocal cord. So, yay, I'm, I'm, I'm walking miracle. So... <laughs> All right, so go ahead and tell us now that now that you set it up. I wasn't going to ask it, but go ahead and tell the listeners oh, how you got the name Mean Mary. The name Mean Mary. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first original song I wrote when I was about five, and it was called Mean Mary from Alabama. I was, uh, the rest of my siblings were born in Florida, but the hospital was like across the line for me, so I was like the only one born in Alabama in the family with a banjo on my knee, I say. But anyway, <laughs> it was like my uh, my little theme song, and like the the press would kind of pick up on it, and you know people would request it, you know, play the Mean Mary song. And uh, I retired the song when I turned six, but uh, the name just uh, stuck long after that. So yes, I'm Mean Mary. That's the part that amazed me is the press and and the age that you were. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah. It was. Uh, I, I was very comfortable for some reason. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a shy person. I was kind of a shy person then, but for some reason when I get on a microphone or whatever, I, I was very ready to do my, you know, show. I didn't have, never had any problems getting out there and, and playing music from a young age. So, Now, your family at some point moved to California. You pursued acting, the whole thing out here. But, yeah. Um, was was the impetus for moving to California the fact that you know well I got to go see the LA music scene and acting and everything? Um, originally, I think well you know I'm I'm big on my whole my whole family's kind of movie buff so you know uh, we really like that. In fact, now we we I have a YouTube channel and all my videos we get to kind of do all that theatrical stuff and our, our the videos are fun we make little stories and anyway but um so i guess you know the glamour of the of the movie industry i want to lo- know more about that and the the music you know behind movies and and looking at music supervising and you know just uh, some things that interested me but i actually got a a agency in california that um was very interested and it kind of motivated us to to move to california and check it out and, and, and go from there, which, you know, I love the time that I was out here, but um, I'm more of a country girl, I guess you could say, and it got old after a while. The horses were ready to see some green grass again <laughs> anyway. But, uh, yeah, but that, again, kind of like the Civil War part of my life or the historic music, uh, you know, it was just uh, it was a great experience, and I, I took from it, but uh, I've moved on to, uh, to other things. So. But being, ha- being back here now for the NAM show, what specifically are you looking to accomplish at the NAM show this, this week? At the NAM show, well, I got to see a lot of people that I don't normally get to see, for one. Um, I'm playing at the Sheraton's. I got chose to, to showcase here, obviously, to play a show. So uh, just, you know, meeting all the uh, different uh, vendors and stuff. I, I endorse steering banjos already and uh, shove capos and cloud microphones and you know just need to add a few more on the list okay (laughs) (laughs) well you do like the camera uh your own nashville tv show the never-ending street yeah tell the listeners about that oh gosh um we actually it's been reruns for quite a while because we've been so busy um and the youtube channel has kind of been the the thing with the music videos but uh it was a tv show um and it kind of like a 
life on the road of a musician. So my mom, you know, I co-write with her. She's also my videographer. So she does all my videos. Even I, I did a video where we shot underwater. Um, and we did the whole video like underneath water and she was there with like a GoPro and everything. So we did these wow. little creative, you know, crazy <laughs> ideas and she's always game. And uh, so the, the TV show was kind of about about that, you know, the every, all the little elements of being an independent musician where you kind of do everything. You're, you're touring, you're the, your own booking agent, you're your own, you know, video, super, you know, all this stuff. So that's that's kind so of I'm the thing. So I'm hearing this recurring theme. It's, it's mom, it's your brother. Mm-hmm. Um, when someone goes to see Mean Mary perform, is it solo Mean Mary? Is it you and your brother? Is it sometimes we have this huge band? Oh, um it's uh, it's solo mean Mary mostly though I do I tour with my brother on occasion um, he still records with me so like you know the songs that you played he'll be like on guitar a lot of times um, I always say that he's usually too busy washing his hair because he's <laughs> he's bald by the way but uh, but he does go on tour on occasion I'm I'm going to Europe later this year and he'll come with me for about two weeks on that tour and then I have a new project which is a band uh, Mean Mary and the Contraries. And it's a little more rock and roll. Uh, it's a three-piece bass and drums. And I, I get to play uh, my electric uh, crossfire banjo and my electric guitar. And it's a little more rock and roll. That's a new project that I'm, I'm doing this year. So there you go. Something about that Mean Mary and the, <laughs> and the Contraries, the contraries yeah. makes me think, because it's a nursery rhyme, for some reason it's connecting me back to a year ago when we were here at the NAMM show. And I interviewed Aileen Quinn, who played Annie in the 1982 movie Annie, and oh, okay. now she has a band called Aileen Quinn and the Leaping Lizards. <laughs> the listeners, that was episode 167. If you want to go back and listen to it, okay. but that's, that's an. I, I'm going to be shocked. Uh, there's someone who is a guest on this show that I was speaking to a couple nights ago that I found out doesn't do music full time, and I said, "Well, you do a tremendous job of promoting yourself in such a way that I thought you did." And, and in the case of you. Um, listeners, Mean Mary produces music for herself and other artists. She produces shows and videos. You heard her talk about the novel trilogy that she's co-writing. And I'd be shocked if you said, I actually have a, a Monday through Friday, nine to five day job. Oh, <laughs> I'd be shocked. <laughs> no. I, I, I wish there was more time in the day to do what I need to do on the music business. I, I don't have time to do anything but make make music. It's, it's a great, I, I mean... You know, they always talk about what, you know, are you, you know, the idea of a successful musician is famous. I think a lot of people get that idea, rich and famous. But uh, I think the idea of a like when you've made it as a musician is when you're able to do nothing but your music. And luckily for me, I do nothing but my music. So (laughs) was there ever a point in your life where you were doing, say, part time jobs and then also doing music? There has been there has been times in the past. um, um, I'm a great temp. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no, there, there have been times where I did, um, uh, I, uh, I've done some all sorts of little part-time jobs. I worked for UPS loading, uh, got in good shape loading boxes into, into trucks and such. And, and, uh, luckily I've, I've, I've taken jobs that were really good about me, uh, you know, cause I'm such a hard worker. They would let me have time off to go tour and, and do music. But you know, lots of times when you were uh, in the past, when I was, you're trying to find a direction that you want to go. Cause sometimes it's hard in the industry to know, you know, what do I need to do? And, and luckily for me, the, the, um, the, and for a lot of musicians, this whole internet thing that they made up, uh, the whole social media and things like YouTube just Thank opened you, a Al door. 
Thank you, Al Gore. Thank you. Um, It just opened up a whole new opportunity because before you're kind of, you know, you're 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 always dealing with middlemen. You know, I need a I need someone to book me. I need to this person, and and now it's it's so easy just to you know find your own audience, and you don't need you know you're your own business person, and and uh, you don't have the the uh, gatekeepers you know that say you aren't you know we're going to hire this person or sign this person or whatever. You can kind of say hey you. Guys want to hear what I do, you know, watch my video or whatever, and you can kind of get out to that way. So that just really made it easier for me as a musician, and and now definitely I can support myself. But but what (laughs) happened and when that was that you were able to cross over and say, okay, I'm now doing music full-time, no more temp, no more UPS, no more side jobs. Such and such has now occurred, and I'm at a point where I can do it full-time. Gosh. um, Well, um, about... Ten years ago, when I was nine, <laughs> no, um, no, um, probably it started with YouTube for me um, because it just it gave me a a, uh, a fan base that I it was a lot easier to book shows and stuff. And you know what you were talking about when I was doing historic music, we were booked every weekend, and and I could have continued doing that, but it's just like you want to you know you need to expand and grow, and I wanted to do original music and stuff. So then you got to do a whole. Every every aspect of the entertainment industry is like you got to start over from scratch, so to speak. So you might have contacts in the say you play polka music, you might be like the most you know book polka band. But then say you want to play rock and roll, you know it's like you got to start over. Like you're a beginner to some way as far as being known. And it's all about who knows you and who do you know. And uh, so yeah, so the the internet YouTube videos um, that. Ten years ago, I guess I'd say, just kind of made it super easy for me to kind of say, you know, here I am. Well, I always love when guests will say something like that because it only creates more desire for the listeners to go and look at your YouTube channel and say, <laughs> okay, what exactly does she have on there? And I really want to encourage you listeners, there's so, so, so much more to the Me and Mary story that unfortunately we're just not going to be able to get to today. She was the IMA Vox Populi winner for Best Americana Song touring California, Arizona, Florida, just keep up with her online. Her newest album just came out, which she talked about before, called Blazing. We're going to close today with a song of yours called I Face Somewhere. So before we let you go, just tell the listeners all about this song. Okay, well, this is um, actually this is my band project. So it's just it's me and the Contraries. Uh, we did one song on the album where they um, David's on bass and Alan's on drums and I'm on electric guitar. And this, of course, is part of that that album that's the soundtrack to the book so this is a little bit about the book is set in hollywood um it's kind of it's got a lot of humor it's always humor with us uh, so it's uh, it's it's got a hollywood theme anyway let the song speak for itself wonderful well thank <laughs> you so much uh, my thanks to Tascam for having us here at the nam show mean mary Thank you. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank on all your you success. so much. Listeners, that'll do it for this week's episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to my guest. Check her out online at meanmary.com and engage with her on social media. She's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Check out her newest album called Blazing. Keep up with her online to see where and when you can go see her perform live. Questions, comments, compliments on the show, please send those in to us. Podcast at nhte.net. I'll talk to you again next week on another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. For now, we'll close you out with another song from Mean Mary. This is the one she just talked about. It's called I Face Somewhere.
is thumping and my blood is pumping and my knees keep bumping when I try to walk straight and my vision gets blurry every time I try to hurry like a green sweet 16 on the scene of a first time date. Just remember who you are, no regret Just forget all the dead or the clothes you pawned 